Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode 10 of the Bits and Barbells podcast. I'm Baxate. I'm Ben. And today is part two of our two-part series on essentially how to glow up. If you missed our last video, that's where we talked about our own personal glow-up stories. Uh, But don't worry, this episode is all about how you can glow up and talking about specific categories and the ways to go about that. Before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, comment. It really helps us out with the algorithm. And if you're listening on any podcast platform, make sure to give us a five-star rating. Uh, I want to preface this episode by once again reminding people that this is a bit antagonistic in my opinion to the looks maxing community i know that's something that's blowing up a lot online right now i think that that just promotes an unhealthy relationship with also a lot of things that you can't necessarily change about yourself this is a self-improvement podcast so we're talking about the areas that you can have a market improvement upon your life and also very real ways to become basically more attractive as a person and so um do you want to talk about either the first thing or if you have some other uh, starting words yeah so this episode is kind of like a practical looks maxing video in the sense that we're not going to go tell you to go pay for some plastic surgery you know to to fix your face That's, that's ridiculous but more so the actual actionable things that you can do right now to improve your appearance in one, two, three, or, you know, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so really what this is about is becoming the best version of yourself. And part of becoming the best version of yourself is, uh, becoming the most healthy person, the most fit person, most physically attractive person. Exactly. And so, um, that's how you should think about it. It's improving yourself. It's not rooted in self-loathing. Um, so the first thing that we want to talk about, which is, uh, arguably the largest lever, meaning it's the area that you can have the most profound impact in how you look and also feel is uh, what you eat and your exercise, right? So do you want to get us started on essentially the diet plus gym combo? Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people, when they start getting into the self-improvement space, they start with the gym, right? Because you said it's like the lowest hanging fruit. It's the thing that, oh, it's the most like clear, right? It's the most tangible way that you can say, if I do this, my body is going to change, right? Right, that's what happens. You go to the gym, you lift, you build muscle, and then you look different. But a neglected part of that, what you mentioned, is the diet. And looking back, I think diet is actually probably even more of a lever than the gym is. Um, Because, I mean, I just look at my own diet back in the day when I started lifting. It was awful, right? We talked about this last episode, but I would eat cottage cheese by, like, the bucket, essentially. Cups and cups a day, like, pints at a time. And... It was just not good for me because I was like bloated all the time. My face was puffy, acne everywhere. I didn't feel that great, you know, in the, I would rip ass like constantly, like I would blow up the toilet wherever I went. Like it was not good. And now my diet is like so dialed in and I'm ticking all the boxes in terms of micronutrients and macros. I'm just, I feel a lot better and my blood work is like perfect. And overall my response in the gym is even better too. Yeah, I think that um, it really makes a lot of sense, right, that what you're putting in your body will also reflect uh, the outside of your body. And so um, I think that uh, do you guys do you have any tips on actually just someone who's like, okay, but how do I fix my diet? I mean, that's a lot to unpack, right? Because I feel like one of the biggest barriers that most people see when it comes to diet is either a they don't have the time to make their own food. 
So they resort to going and getting fast food like McDonald's or, you know, whatever, Chick-fil-A, Chipotle type things. Chipotle is a little bit better, I will say. But at the end of the day, you need to be making your own food and controlling what is going into that. Because if you don't have any visibility into like what's being put into your actual thing that you're putting in your mouth, you can be getting a bunch of seed oils, a bunch of things that you necessarily don't want to like actually eat. For example, I don't even eat seed oils, right? Now I'm just like completely anti-seed oil, like some corn, what is it? Corn flour, like soybean, whatever, cornstarch, whatever the, the types of seed oils that exist out there, they're all awful. And uh, yeah, you just, that's a side note, but it's like just having control over what you're putting in your body. And that comes down to you making it yourself. And then number two, so either they don't have time to make their own food or number two, you feel like it's too expensive to go out and actually purchase the whole ingredients, like the breast chicken, like the meat is super expensive, right? So like beef, grass fed, you know, free range eggs, whatever. Now I only eat free range eggs. I only eat organic meats. I only eat the the most premium of the premium when it comes to food because A, I can afford it, but B, I'm seeing it as an investment in my future health. So I, I recognize it as an investment category. So, I mean, we both spend a lot of money per month on food. I, I spend over, I I don't even know, like $700 a month on food when it comes down to the like protein powder we get or just all the meat, fresh vegetables, fresh food I get. So it's like, I recognize that as an investment bucket. So I can either chuck that money in the S&P, save a couple hundred dollars a month, or I can go out and I can buy the better quality food and then reap the benefits of having a healthier body, which is going to carry me way longer into the future than having a couple extra dollars will in the market. It's like, dude, at the end of the day, I'd much rather have a peak physical body than a couple extra dollars, right? Yeah. I I think you can actually even quantify like the dollar amount that being fit is. I think they they distilled, it was like $400,000 a year or something ridiculous. I think there was a study done. It's like, what is the value of having a peak physically fit body? It's like 400K. So it's like, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a little bit more content. I think that was uh, what would they ask the survey to a bunch of people? What would you be willing to pay for mm. basically like physical health or something right. like that? That's how they came to that number. Um, yeah, no, I think that's all great points about diet. I think that in order to make it a bit more tangible for people um, is trying to eat less processed foods when you can, trying to get, you, you, most people know what the healthier foods are, trying to reduce the number of garbage basically you put into your body. And if, if you are ordering on Uber Eats, Grubhub, every, everything, um, stop it. Like you, you know what you're doing. You can afford, if you can order a McDonald's on Uber eats, you can afford to eat, um, a much better meal that you get from your local grocer. There are, there are very real things like food deserts and those are extenuating circumstances that, um, we aren't covering here. Uh, the other what thing even that, is a food, what is that? Uh, a food desert refers to a, uh, an area and there's many actually even within the United States where they are, um, at some distance away Mm -hmm. from uh, healthy foods. So for example, your local grocer would be 
almost entirely miles fi- away. No, but it would, it, or sure, but the the one that you would actually get w- would be um, mostly processed foods. Okay. Think of somewhere like as an extreme example. Think of somewhere in like remote Alaska. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, um, and then the other thing relating to diet, uh, we have maybe touched on this before, but it's just alcohol, right? Um, limit consumption, if not totally remove consumption. But um, that is arguably one of the worst things you can put in your body for a number of reasons. And if you consume that to excess, that will present itself as well on the external. Um, The other half that we uh, mentioned as part of this one is the gym or particularly exercise. I think that um, it is not a hot take to say that if you are either severely overweight or underweight, that you would benefit from becoming more physically fit. And this is uh, both good for your mental clarity, mental acuity, but in the context of this episode, it's important to becoming more physically attractive. And uh, it is an incredibly, like you said, low-hanging fruit in that everybody knows hypothetically what they should do in order to achieve that. It's about the execution that I think a lot of people uh, struggle with. And so um, if you if you are serious about having a glow up, then you need to get on an exercise plan. And if you're overweight, lose weight. And if you're underweight, do the things that'll actually build muscle. And as a man, this is particularly important, but I would say arguably even easier than as a woman. Cause, uh, you can take advantage of stuff like newbie gains, go in there and you could be unrecognizable six to eight months from now from yourself today. And so, uh, it's just about going through and making that investment. Yeah, I mean, most people, they look at the gym and again, it's like, what are the barriers to entry there? It's like, I don't have time to do it. Ridiculous, right? You you make priority for the things that you actually want to do. So if you're playing video games instead of going to the gym, one of them is going to have more tangible benefit than the other. Or, I mean, I don't think, honestly, people say this nowadays because gym memberships have become so accessible and how, like, how much they cost. Like Planet Fitness, for example, is like super cheap. So some people say, oh, I can't afford a gym membership. It's like, okay, then do the Saitama workout where, you know, one punch man, you go do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, run one mile every single day. Do that, right? It's like you don't have to necessarily have a gym membership to actually reap the benefits and actually get a workout in. It's ridiculous. No, I completely agree. There's uh, a ton of free, great... If you are watching this on YouTube, then you can also watch calisthenics workouts on YouTube. You have the resources to do that, um, which are essentially like body weight type exercises. And you could build a very respectable physique without ever stepping foot in a gym. That is something that's possible. Um, Obviously, going to a gym makes it easier, arguably, but um, it's doable without it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I, I like something else that you touched there, which is a lot of people... This is kind of goes back to the food a little bit because I forgot to talk about this, but people say, oh, I don't have time to make my own food. It's like, dude, just allocate a day, like a Sunday where you meal prep for that entire week. Yeah. Right. Spend one to two hours making all your food for the week and then you're chilling and then you can just have the healthy foods and also save the time instead of ordering on Uber Eats or going out and getting some awful greasy food that's just, just nasty for you. I, I like to say this. My friends, whenever my friends go out and I like see them drinking alcohol, I'll, I'll like swipe up on their story, or whatever. I'm like, why, why are you propagating inflammation? That's what I like to say. <laughs> it's like when you drink alcohol or you put bad things in your body, it's like what it's literally doing is it's propagating inflammation throughout your body, right? These like inflammatory markers, like your cells just go haywire, like in your bloodstream, like your immune cells, right? Your T cells like attack things. It's just not good, right? Yeah, obviously, I think that um, 
if you are over consuming alcohol, an easy way to just dramatically improve your appearance would be to halt or at least limit your consumption dramatically. Yeah, I think some people even some people just by the fact of removing alcohol have like decent glow ups just from that, right? You look at some people who are alcoholics maybe or they just go out like every single weekend. Then one day they're like, yeah, I just cut it out of my diet. And then like six months later, they, they've lost like 15 pounds, 20 pounds, and they look way more better, right? It's just like, bro, it's the easiest thing ever. Stop. Yeah. Uh, the next category uh, of ways that you can improve your uh, attractiveness and have a glow up is relating to your hygiene. And um, you, people may be like, oh, bro, just shower. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, you should be uh, very clean. Uh, but there are other aspects to hygiene that I think are oftentimes overlooked, especially for people who um, are not maybe focusing so much on their, um, you know, attractiveness, um, stuff like making sure that your nails are always trimmed, that your um skin is good. I think that this is a huge one is relating to actually uh, having a skincare routine. I know that it's still somehow in 2023, there are men out there who think it's taboo to have a skincare routine, which is ridiculous. Grow up. It's part of your hygiene. Um, For those who maybe are struggling with uh, breakouts and stuff like that, by the way, totally normal. Um, I would say that if you can't afford a dermatologist, the 60 second lesson I'll give you is a cleanser, moisturizer, optional active ingredient, and sunscreen, right? In that order, you do that morning and uh, like right when you wake up and before you go to bed, and um, that would have a dramatic improvement upon your skin. Um, You can do more research into each of those categories. This is the routine that I think both of us personally follow, maybe uh, plus one or minus one in there. Um, I have a, yeah, I have a little bit more of like a comprehensive routine, I would say. And the first thing I want to point out with skincare is your skin is actually the largest organ in your body, right? So most people don't think of skin like an organ, but it actually is. So if your diet is messed up, that's going to be reflected in your skin, right? When my skin was its worst, when I was like 17, 18, my diet, again, was horrible. I was eating cottage cheese all the time, eating tons of dairy and just greasy, fast, salty food. It wasn't the best. And my skin looked awful. And now that I have this amazing diet, now my skin is basically impervious all the time, which is great. But a little bit going into the skincare routine and the things that you can actually apply outside of diet, number one is go to a dermatologist, ask them to prescribe you tretinoin. I personally use the 0.025%. It's a little bit less irritative for your skin because I think the 0.05% you're on that. I am it's on the a, it's a little bit more aggressive and you can flake from that. So for me, the 0.025% works. I also have a vitamin C serum. Uh, it's like an antioxidant that you're just applying to your face. Essentially. I do that every night. I don't do that in the morning because it makes your skin actually sensitive to sunlight. Same with tretinoin. You do that right before bed, not in the morning. And then also just a simple moisturizer. I use like a vitamin E cream for my face. I also have this, uh, CoQ10, anti-wrinkle cream that I apply in the morning as well as sunscreen as well. Yeah. So that's the thing. You can get complicated with it and um, finding what works for you. But if you're not doing anything and you do struggle with, um, you know, breakouts and stuff like that, the uh, thing that I mentioned, uh, the four steps are are yeah. a pretty good way on the path to getting at least clearer skin. It might totally clear your skin. It might oh, not totally clear your I skin. I forgot about something which I need to mention, which is Accutane. Mm. Super, super important. Once you go to that dermatologist, 
make sure that if your skin is just like absolutely nuked and you've exhausted your options and trying to clear it with the things that we just mentioned, if you still aren't seeing any improvement, that's when you say, all right, time to bring out the nuclear gun, right? The, the tre uh, Accutane, which is basically just nuking your body with like vitamin A and then it's going to clear up your skin, but it's also going to have some side effects. But. Yeah, no, I think you comparing it to and the I'm not nuclear a doctor. option. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. So comparing it to the nuclear option is great. I know that there is a lot of potential really bad side effects. So it shouldn't be like, oh, I have not tried anything for my skin. I'm just going to go take a pill. Um, yeah. And when you do Accutane, like I did, I had blood checkups every single month to make sure that things were in order. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, I'm handing you this nuclear option. Just go have fun. It was like, no, we're going to monitor this and stay vigilant to see if anything bad happens. And if at the second there could be something wrong, you're off of it, right? Yeah. Um, something else under hygiene could be um, could, like teeth, right? Making sure that you're, uh, you are always Brush. brushing your teeth. Um, but if you want to get like whiter teeth as well, there's a number of things you can do for that. Um, whitening strips, as long as you're safe with them. I personally just use uh, a mouthwash and then the Colgate optic white toothpaste. Um, but again, it's, these are small things that, um, in sort of congregation with each other, uh, are small things that you can do to improve your health or improve your uh, attractiveness. Um, but also brushing your teeth would improve your health um, and flossing too. Yes. I floss twice a day. People who don't floss, I mean, you're, I feel like it's a very childish thing at this point. If you're like an adult, just floss your teeth, bro. Come on. And you laughed about brushing your teeth, but I know people personally who, when they become an adult, are like, they brush maybe once a day, maybe not even once a day. And um, I don't think I could even go to bed like with a good, clear conscience and not brush my teeth. Like I would feel disgusting. Yeah, it should be. It should be that level of <laughs> disgust. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when you go, I mean, obviously we don't do this anymore, but like back in college, like when you're out and then you just like crash at some like randos place or you're just like in this location where you have like zero idea where you are and then you just crash and you wake up the next morning, and you're like. You feel disgusting because like you're in the peak. You haven't done any self-care at all and you've had the alcohol, right? So you're just dehydrated. You feel disgusting. Your teeth, your mouth, it just smells awful. You're hungover. It's the worst thing ever. Again, back to alcohol. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's about hygiene. So if you have your hygiene in order and you have your um, physique or your physical health in order in terms of your diet, um, now we're going to get into some more like smaller things, right? I think that if you aren't focusing on those things, um, those are arguably the largest levers. Um, but there's other stuff you could do too, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to mention hair. I think that hair can be a huge thing for both men and women. Um, but I think a lot of dudes don't actually know what hairstyle would look good on them. Um, there are many videos you can look up to actually figure that out it, that involves like what looks good with your face shape and um if you have beard no beard um for me personally i rocked a hairstyle that made my long face look already longer and it was once i actually started growing out my hair that i started getting compliments on it and i started seeing photos and i'm like okay this actually looks way better on me why the hell did i rock that other style for so long um and then in addition obviously keeping like good care of your health. Um, and this can be either through vitamin deficiencies or just stripping your hair of oils. It can be, uh, either like flaky. You can have dandruff, stuff like that. If you have dandruff, then, um, there's a number of ways you can mediate that. Uh, but things like this, making sure that your hair is uh, a good style, but also healthy is a great way to have uh, a market improvement again on your attractiveness. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that most guys, the, we go through the, the the awkward phase in the hair where it's like it's it's getting long but it's 
not quite there and so it just looks awkward and then you're just like i gotta get it cut right so you never get to the point where it's like actually growing it out but if you can get and you can push past that awkward stage a bit and you can experiment to see with how your hair looks like with a slightly longer style then that can be super beneficial because that might be the actual hairstyle that looks best on you but you just never did it because it was like Bro, I'm going through the awkward phase. I need to get it cut. Yeah. And if you've ever talked to, uh, I know that most of our audience is men, but um, there are some girls. But basically, I think that there's sort of a meme that um, girls or girlfriends hate when their boyfriends go to get haircuts because they think it looks sure. way worse when they get the haircut. And you have to sort of think about that, like why? And it's because uh, men don't actually know what really looks good on themselves. And girls actually like it more when it's... Um, in whatever state it was before they get it cut. And so it's like, if you could have more confidence in like, this is what looks good on me and you can get that consistently, then it would be like, oh, he got the haircut and it looks good again, rather than just like, oh, they turned him into a super cuts, uh, you know, tear awful oh, haircut gosh. again. And then you have to wait for it to grow out to that stage where it actually looks good again. Yeah. Side note, don't like skimp out on your barber just because mm. it's like, Oh, it's too expensive to get a haircut. It's like if you're doing all these other things and you have to spend a couple extra bucks a month to get the right barber, if that's what it takes for your hairstyle to be consistent and look good all the time, why not do that, right? I, for example, I when whenever I have to go to a barber that's like not my barber, I I don't I never do it. First of all, I never cheat on my barber, okay? And you shouldn't either. But when I didn't have my barber, I was going to places and I was like so nervous. I would sit on that chair and I'd be like, bro, like my life could be over in like 10 minutes. Like if the guy makes like one wrong cut, I'm just toast. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I think like the, the attitude of a haircut is a haircut is totally wrong. Like that. No, there are definitely better haircuts and worse haircuts. And so going to a better barber, uh, just makes sense. Right. Um, oh, the other thing that I think a lot of people, um, this is a bit more of a sensitive topic, but is uh, relating to like losing your hair or male pattern baldness and stuff like that. It's 2023. The science has actually come a long way in terms of uh, things that you can do to either slow down hair loss or even uh, initiate some kind of regrowth. Um, the one thing that I will say is that if you are at a point where um, you're doing the thing like the comb over look, um, bald can look a lot better than that middle zone. Right. And so I would say, uh, especially if you are working on the first two things and you're like a jack dude and stuff like that it can work. I, absolutely. And so I think that, um, if you, if you are at the point where, um, there's no question about whether, you know, you're balding or not, um, it, it's a much better look to actually just go, go clean bald. Um, I don't know if you have opinions on that. Yeah. I mean, if you're at the point where it's like, you're self-conscious because when you step outside, you like have to have your hair manicured in a certain way. And if the wind blows in the wrong direction, you're like, oh no, like I'm, it's game over because you have the comb over effect. Then yeah, just get rid of it, right? It's gonna, you're gonna feel a lot better. It's gonna be super hard to do it, but once you actually get it done, it's gonna be like, wow, like that. You're just gonna be this massive pressure off your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next category that we talk about uh, is clothes and style, right? Wearing a wardrobe that actually looks good on you is in style itself, right? There are phases. There are things that are timeless, but there are also phases of styles. And this can play a pretty big role. Um, I'll say that if you don't have the former, then it doesn't 
it doesn't matter as much about your style, right? If you're, uh, you know, super out of shape and, uh, unhygienic, right. Then it doesn't really matter if you're super stylish, but if you have those things and then you add style on top of that, it can be, um, a pretty big effect actually in, in sort of how you present yourself. Um, I don't know if you have any tips about just like literally improving your style. Yeah. This is something that we get comments on like all the time is like, bro, what's your shirt, bro? Like, where'd you get the shirt from, bro? And it's like, if you build a solid physique that that's like whatever, right? You have a great physique. You can wear just a simple t-shirt and people are gonna be like, dude, that looks insane. Like your fit is like, like, why are you so dressed up? And it's like, no, it's the body, right? The man makes the outfit, not the actual clothing itself. So when people go out and they go buy like a $500 Gucci shirt, that's like oversized and boxy, it just kind of masks their body. And it's just like, to me, it doesn't look that great. So if you have a really good physique, you can rock just a simple t-shirt and it'll look classy and it'll look elevated. So yeah, just like build your physique, get it right, get lean. Obviously if you're, you know, overweight and you, your body fat percentage is in excess of like 20, 25% if you're a man, then you might want to start consider, you know, cutting a bit to get in better shape because your clothes are going to fit you a lot better. Like you look at the guy who, who wears a suit and this is like a classic example where people think wearing a suit is style. It's absolutely not style, right? How many guys you go and they're wearing like this ill-fitting suit that's just like oversized and it doesn't, doesn't look right on their body and you're just like, it looks tacky, it looks cheap. It doesn't matter if that suit costs like $15,000. It was custom made by some dude on Savile Row in London. It doesn't matter if the guy is like, doesn't have a good body, it's not gonna look great on him. So having the body is actually going to make the style in my opinion. I think that's a really good point. Um, I have two comments on that. One is uh, that I think that the fit of the clothes matters a lot more than anything else, which is kind of what you're saying. And by the way, there are better fits for different body types, whether you're tall, short, a little bit huskier, skinny, um, stuff like that. The, there are absolutely fits that will, and you can, again, go on YouTube. There's many of videos, uh, explaining all of these things. Um, but I, I agree with you that the fit of the clothing item is a lot more important than, uh, the texture or the design <laughs> or whatever that can, that's like the last 5% or something, um, which is kind of what, or 0%. Yeah. For I mean, Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For I, designer I always, stuff. Yeah. I always met, I always like I hate, I hate the idea of designer clothing because I think it completely detracts from what style should be, which is like a very personalized thing specific to the individual. And then like a designer thing is like, you're just basically putting somebody else on you and identifying with that as opposed to being actual individual. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, kind of along with that, um, my style, if you want to call it that, is I tend to focus a lot more on the sort of timeless things, um, which is what you're saying, right? A really just perfect fitting black t-shirt in jeans or a really perfect fitting button down, a really just nice basic suit, these things, and then can be mismatched or like uh, you can 
what's the word I'm looking for? Not mismatch. Substitute. Yeah, sure. But like uh, swap in and out different yeah, yeah. items to make different outfits. Interchangeable. Yeah. And and that way you can make a bunch of different outfits from only a couple items. And um, that's the easiest way to build a wardrobe that looks good on you no matter what you choose from your closet. Um, obviously, you can get more creative with it. I just choose not to. And, um, you know, select specific like sort of statement piece items. Um, but the point being that I think a lot of people do kind of think the item itself is what makes something stylish or not, when absolutely it has to do with who's wearing it, what sure. do they actually look like, what do they pair it with. I think of the, you said the suit example, the other one I think of is the guy who just is absolutely not a leather jacket guy, you know, and, oh, then, yes. and then rocks like a leather jacket. It's like, that's not stylish, but maybe on a different person, it would be like, well, it looked really cool on him. Why didn't it look cool on me? Um, <laughs> it's like, right, like the the like the fifty year old like overweight guy is like putting on the leather jacket, and he's like, yo, I'm young again. It's like, nah, you don't look like that biker dude who looks like a, like you don't look like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. you know, you just don't look like it, dude. Come on, you know. Yeah, and so then the other thing is I, I tend to avoid, um, it, it, this is up to you, just because I don't like to follow them, like the specific fashion trends. I mentioned um, in the last episode, uh, it, it, like I stay away from like skinny jeans with uh, holes in them, right? That was something that was in style at one point, not really much anymore. Um, there definitely are these pieces that are timeless that will always be safe. Um, going for the in-style look can be a bit more risky because at some point they will just, society will decide. A, that's out of style. And at that point, you look like you're the one who's dated or in the past. And so I just tend to avoid those things. Yeah. I mean, fit is king when it comes to style. Like if I look at my own wardrobe, I have, so I have a really weird body, right? So once I find like an article of clothing, that's a basic that actually fits me the way I like, I'll go buy a bunch of that. So for example, I wear these like long sleeve t-shirts to work. I own 10 of the same shirt. So I have like three in black. I have three in white. I have one Henley version and I have one in maroon. It's like, so most people, they look at that and they're like, you're crazy. But no, I'm like, no, I have a wardrobe that is comprised of basics so I can swap them in and out of what the other things I'm wearing. And it just looks good all the time. And it's consistent. And most people don't notice when you're like wearing the, the same outfit, quote unquote, right? Like if you're wearing the same outfit, most people aren't like, oh, why did, you, did you wear that shirt yesterday? They aren't paying that close attention to you, right? They're only concerned with themselves. So it's like you can wear this, this outfit that has this identity, right? This wardrobe with a core identity of who you are and what you align with. You just rock that from day to day. And you have this now look that's consistent so people know what to expect from you. And you can kind of develop an identity around that in itself. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's a really great point where people would almost see maybe somebody walking by and be like, oh, that's Ben's style. Right. You know, like yeah, you, yeah. you can identify with that certain type of style. Right. So it's like for me, I focus on, like you said, get the basics, get the fit right on the actual T-shirt, on the jeans so that it looks good and it fits you properly. Don't worry about the flashy statement pieces. I find personally, whenever I buy those, those are the things that people will notice from day to day. So if you wear the same like crocodile shirt two days in a row, people are like, what the heck are you doing, bro? Why are you wearing the crocodile shirt? It's like, that's the thing that sticks out. But the basics, the things that are understated with no logos that just kind of blend in that you can mix and match, that's the thing that actually looks good and you can wear from day to day without having people be like, oh, bro, like. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think also there's a, you should put some effort into it. I think that a lot of people also, um, I self-reported in the last episode, but about uh, like graphic tees um, or like Hate super those. long basketball shorts, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just um, at some point it's like immaturity levels. And I think that there is so, there is something to be said about like dressing your age. Um, and so that's something that also should be thought of um, and not just wearing sweatpants into the office, even if you can. Yeah, I don't want to call my boy out like this, but... I'm just going to do it because I can dressing your age and, and like being mature. That's a f- massive point. So when I was, so I'm from Atlanta, when I was back in ATL visiting my parents, I went out to dinner with the boys and one guy pulled up with like, like a salmon pair of shorts with like the high socks. And it was a nice restaurant with like running shoes. And I was like, and I was basically wearing this fit that I'm wearing right now. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing, bro? Like there's a time and a place to actually, wear that stuff and then there's a time and a place to actually put on the right clothes and look the part yeah and i think it's part of when we're talking about glowing up right it's about how you present yourself to the world yeah and so even if you're stepping out to go to the grocery store right even if you're stepping out to go to the grocery store i think that you should uh present yourself in a way that you uh feel confident and feel like you look good and not just be throwing on whatever you know rolled out of bed yeah, I mean, like you have no idea what's going to happen when you step out of your door. You could come across your future wife. And if you're dressed like a schlub and you're just like, and you're, you're messed up and you're going through the grocery store, you're hungover and you're like, Bruh, and you see your future wife right there. Now, all of a sudden for you to take action, it's like, no, nah, I can't because like I look like, you know, I look terrible. Yeah. And, and not to not to call my boy out again, but so I went to, to Maui on a trip a couple months ago. And we went on this like two mile waterfall waterfall hike. And I like sprinted up this this mountain up to the waterfall, right? I was running with my friend and my shoes got absolutely demolished. And I was wearing white sneakers, these pure white. They got demolished with mud. And I was like, I'm throwing these out. And my another guy on the trip was like, bro, give me those shoes. Like, give me those shoes, bro. And I was like, I don't even want you to have these shoes because they're so messed up. I don't want you to be seen in these shoes, right? I was like, what are you doing? Like, why would you even want these, right? Why do you want to be seen in these? It doesn't matter if they're like, oh, like, oh, they're $100 shoes. Like, give me those shoes, right? Who cares? Just go buy them new. And I wear white sneakers to the gym and I'll buy a new pair every three months. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to look like I'm a schlub when I go out and I'm working out because I want to look good. Yeah. No, that's great. I think that um, just, yeah, focusing on it, right? That it, just like all the other things we mentioned, it's something you should focus on. And um, if you focus on all of these things and um, you start getting basically uh, the external stimuli, I called it at least in my life, um, that you are a more attractive person, it can sort of lead into the next thing. It's a, It takes some time, but uh, obviously when we talk about a glow up, just physically changing isn't enough. You need to actually mentally change, right? And this is uh, essentially building of confidence and building of self-esteem. And uh, this is one of the most important tenets because uh, a super insecure, super attractive person becomes instantly less attractive the moment they open their mouth. And everyone has had this experience. Um, Don't be super narcissistic. That's also really gross. Uh, But yeah, just being like super insecure can make them less attractive. And so um, I don't know if you have any comments surrounding that about how these contribute to that or how they can actually focus on building of the self-confidence from within. 
I mean, there's so much to unpack there. I think we could do an entire episode on just that in itself. But I'll say this, which is there's a lag when you when you change your body and you do all these things to improve your appearance. There's a lag inside your head from where you start actually absorbing this and building that into your identity, into your what you then think of yourself. So it's like, it'll take time for you once you make these changes to actually absorb them and internalize them. So it's okay if you're not like, you don't have like a super high self-esteem right now because you know that you can do these things. So if you don't have a high self-esteem, go and work out, go and eat the right things, go and do all the right things to improve your appearance. And then you can start internalizing this this self-confidence when you get that that validation from the external world but ultimately the goal should be to to have that unshakable inner confidence in itself that's like the ideal end goal so i get i gave the example of when you go out to the grocery store you might see you're like your future wife right i feel like i'm at a point now where it's like if i see that i could act on that no matter what my state is right because you have that just unshakable like internal clock that's just like, nah, you're, you're, you are, you were the man, right? You are the man. So like, go make it happen. So it's like, now it's kind of like, I'm not saying you need these things to go out. You need to be wearing like the best thing every time you go out of your house. Absolutely not. Right. But really what you need to be keeping in mind is that the end goal is to have that self-confidence where you can do anything and you are the man, no matter where you are, no matter what you're wearing and what you're doing. Yeah. I have a couple things to talk about there. Um, the first one is yeah, kind of with the example of putting on a best outfit, right? When you put on a good outfit and you know you look good, you feel different, right? Now imagine if your entire life was that kind of way, right? To where you feel as though you are in a position that you are that the guy, right? That is sort of the analogy for your entire life that it is wearing a really nice outfit and you go out and you feel that confidence, right? Um, the next comment is I did a whole video on this because you commented on the external validation. I use uh, the concept of self-confidence, I, I use an analogy and I say like building a house, right? And self-confidence is the house. It's your job to build it. Uh, but the external stimuli, the external validation you get are sort of like the bricks and the stuff you can use to build the foundation. And then you build the house. And once you build the house, that's self-confident. That's when it becomes that unshakable confidence without the bricks or without the other things. It's really hard to be self-confident if no one's ever told you that like you're attractive or, um, I really like that shirt you're wearing, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's really hard to be like the guy because you don't know if you're the guy, right? You have your own self and maybe your mom's approval, but without that external <laughs> validation, grandma. yeah, it's very difficult. Um, and I think that uh, Alex Hormozy actually talks about this, not in the lens, in, uh, the lens of physical attraction, mm -hmm. but I think he talks it about with confidence. I can't remember if that it, or, or exactly what the lens of it was, but basically the concept was um, telling yourself in the mirror, oh, I'm in this example, I'm attractive. I'm, uh, you know, the guy, like, uh, everyone loves me, blah, blah, blah. That's not real confidence, right? The affirmations aren't confidence. Uh, the real confidence in this case is undeniable evidence that you say who you are, right? Yeah. I think the exact quote he said is, is like, you have an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are, right? You have all of that evidence in place. That's tangible. Exactly. It's like I've done all the things. I have all these accomplishments. So it's like now I'm at the point where it's like to say that I'm not the guy is delusion because it's like I have all these things built. I, I don't know. I'm just 
I like to do this a lot, but I'm thinking about movies. I don't know if you remember like Spy Kids three or four. I can't remember which one it was. Basically, they uh, they go into like this video game. I know right? exactly. You know what one. I'm talking about. Yeah, and there's the, like the concept of the guy, yeah. right? And there, there's the guy who's like the guy who's gonna beat the video game and he's gonna end it, and then everybody's gonna be free and it's the world is saved. And then like they meet the alleged guy, right? And he's wearing this like super shiny armor, and it's like blinding because people are like, "Holy!" It's like the guy, right? And he's got like infinite health essentially. Uh, and then my my memory here is a little bit shaky, so forgive me if I butcher the plot here. But basically, they go to the end of the game, right? And then the guy gets like eliminated in like one shot, essentially. So it turns out he's not actually the guy. And then like the like the underdog character, I think his name was like Juno or something. I, I could not even tell you. Right, but he, that's the guy. Then he he's actually the guy, right? But he's like this meek character who who comes out of his shell and he then he realizes that he's actually the guy and he's put in the situation where he has to actually like act and do it. And then he beats the game and the world is saved or whatever. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Was, <laughs> no, yeah. Spy Kids 3D was a great film. <laughs> Spy Kids 3D. That's the name of it. Yeah, yep. yeah that's absurd. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that you have to have that mental transformation. Um, and uh, it, the mental thing, it, I like that you use the term lagging indicator a lot. I think that can be applied here, which is exactly that. Um, it takes time, right? After you become buff, it took me a couple of years to become confident and et cetera. Um, but I want to touch on something at the very end here, which is important, which is that just glowing up or just becoming more attractive doesn't mean that you are entitled to anything, right? Um, I think that a lot of people will use the excuse of working on themselves and then get really frustrated when it's not materializing into anything. And that's a terrible reason to work on yourself. Um, if it's like, uh, I want to become a better person so that I can, uh, get into a relationship, then it's like, okay, well, that's, uh, you only are becoming a better person for something else. That's kind of weird. And so, um, I think that, uh, that that's where I think the, the looks maxing community can fall into this category quite a bit, which is, uh, doing something to improve yourself as a means to an end, um, apart from just like, Hey, my life is just going to be overall better and I'll be a better person and all that stuff. And, uh, you should want to do it for yourself and understand that they're, will be other things that happen, but they aren't guaranteed. I don't know if you have any comments yeah. on that. Yeah. I mean, the concept that your looks are basically the sole determinant of the outcome of your life, absolutely ridiculous. And I think this is something that like the black pill space mm. and the looks maxers who are like super deep into it get wrong, which is they think that they need to improve their appearance to such a degree that their life is ruined if they don't. And mm. that's, I mean, it's like, Obviously, you work to improve your appearance, right? Work to become the best version of yourself. But at the same time, back to the entitlement, it doesn't entitle you to that success. You can be the most attractive person on the planet, but if you're like just an awful person to be around, you're walking down the street, people are going, may, may be like, oh, wow, that guy's like super attractive or whatever. Assuming you can somehow remodel your face through like plastic surgery to become like a supermodel, which is improbable and probably not realistic right but assuming you even if you could do that it's like do you even want that because you have done zero internal work and so now you're still in the same mindset as before but you're just relying on this thing which is your physical appearance sorry guys the the camera just died uh but we're back in it so kind of continuing where we were 
basically, we're just saying that the whole concept of being obsessed with your appearance is not something that's core to the like the the human experience at its at its evolutionary core. Yep, absolutely. And so uh, to kind of wrap up this episode is uh, these were ways that you can actually improve your appearance if you want to have a glow up, um, but it's through the lens, again, of self-improvement. These will not only improve your health, um, it'll improve your looks, it'll improve your uh, prospects in potentially your confidence, which can bleed its way into all other aspects of life, uh, including career, romantic, and everything, uh, which is why we don't hyper-fixate on the looks. Um, we talk about, you know, going to the gym and stuff like that. Um, if you have any comments on this episode, make sure to leave them down in the comment section below. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. It really helps us with the algorithm. If you're listening on any podcast platform, make sure to give us a five-star rating. If you want any future topics to come up in future episodes as well, leave those in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching. Appreciate you guys.